Welcome to The Get Together. Together. It's our show about the nuts and bolts of community building, and I'm your host, Bailey Richardson. I'm a partner at People & Company, and I'm a co-author of Get Together, How to Build a Community with Your People, now available on Amazon. So much energy today. I am Kevin (laughs) Huynh, another partner at People & Company, and Bailey's co-host. Woohoo! In each episode of this podcast, we interview everyday people who have built extraordinary communities about just how they did it. How did they do it? How did they get the first people to show up? Yes. How did they grow to hundreds more members? Today, we're talking to Kelsa Trom, the head of programming at New Inc. That's right. Blow blow that horn, baby. (laughs) New Inc. is the first museum-led cultural incubator. So what that means is that the new museum here in New York City opened the program in 2013 as a, and I quote, home for multidisciplinary artists, activists, and technologists, the folks that are doing a bunch of things at once and normally don't have one single place for them. Yes. And they made a home so these people can come together and create, pushing forward new ideas and new art, which is the new museum's mission. New Inc. was formed to incubate in sort of a tongue-in-cheek way, in the same way that tech incubators were doing, but specifically for cultural impact, not for financial or tech impact. Six years down the line, New Inc. now has in their space over 100 creative entrepreneurs that are members. They have 350 additional folks that are alumni. And there's even 175 New Yorkers who have raised their hand to mentor the people in the program. Hundreds and hundreds. Hundreds. So the stat that I love, though, that I really want to share is that they have 50% female membership currently and 49% POC, which I think is something that we should all be striving for. Kevin, what stood out to you about our conversation with Kelsa? who is the head of programming at New Inc., who shared a little bit with us about how they glue together all those different folks at the space. There are lots of great tidbits. The community members there really are there with a sense of purpose. It's not just that New Inc. is a place for artists, technologists to come together, but they're also there to realize a particular project. And they group them as such that it isn't just, hey, there's sort of an artist cohort, but it's like there's a creative experimentation cohort. These people might come from very different backgrounds, but they have a, a certain project they're trying to realize in the world that has a similar flavor. And I think when you combine that sort of who with a strong why, you're really able to figure out as a, for instance, a head of programming, how to design mm. particular get-togethers and activities that help these people get where they want to go, you know, help each other on that journey. So I love that, that thread of purpose that kind of goes through kind of everything they do that starts with who they're bringing together and the reasons they're doing so. Yeah. Kelsa talks about how she had a background in design before doing this work. And I was like, aha, Aha. you'll see some of that shows up. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, Kelsa trotted down from their spot on the Bowery here into Canal Street Market listening party. And let's jump into it. Let's see what she had to say. Yep. Kelsa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bailey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coming through, walking down the Bowery, cruising on into Canal Street Market. Yeah, yeah. We're going to dive right in. I have a burning question for you. Oh my goodness. I used to work at an art institution. I worked at the SF MoMA. And one thing that strikes me about New Inc. is just the way that it opened up the doors to the new museum. Like so many art institutions don't really co-create with people. They put things on that are kind of like hard to access, hard to touch, mm-hmm. but they don't bring people into the process or bring people into their space. Mm-hmm. So I was just curious if you could explain why you think New Inc. exists. Like, how did they decide to take that bet? And can you tell us a little bit of the history there? Yeah, definitely. So back in 2013, 
couple of founders of New Inc. who are the director and the deputy director of the New Museum wanted to find a new way to activate the New Museum's mission, which is new art. It's pretty self-explanatory. Yes. And new ideas. And new ideas has taken form in a lot of different ways over the years. But what they wanted to do with New Inc. was find a way to tap into folks working in kind of against the grain creative practice who didn't have a home necessarily mm. in the same way that you do when you're in art school or when you know you have a job you know somewhere that's in some ways pushing your creative practice although probably doing work that you wouldn't choose to do on your own who are those people who was kind of pushing the margins and where could they come together and so new ink was formed to incubate in sort of a tongue-in-cheek way in the same way that tech incubators were doing but specifically for cultural impact mm. not for financial or tech impact I read this great quote from one of the, the first director, mm -hmm. and she said, the people that were in New Inc. have a common language and common identity that comes from a place of not fitting in. When you're working across disciplines, she said, we're so used to these silos. And when you're someone who is interested in combining fields, people don't really know how to talk to you about your work or who you are or what you do. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes feel like when people ask us what we do, we're like, we do like client services and we like have a book and a pod. And it's just like the hardest question in the world. Yeah, when you're like, I'm a surgeon, people are like, got it. Yep. Yeah. But mm -hmm. they don't know how to find a cross-sectional piece. Mm -hmm. Is that still kind of true for New Inc.? Is that still like the people that show up today? Yeah, I mean, I'm nodding vigorously. I can't tell you how many people in our community have approached me and said, I didn't know there were other people like me. Mm. I didn't have a home before this. Because, you know, it is people kind of sit at the intersection of different types of practice, which often means they just would otherwise fall through the cracks. Not in terms of the work they're doing. The work they're doing still gets out there, right? And there's still incredible talented people. But in terms of finding a camp and yeah. finding a community of folks who are like, oh yeah, cool. You're a playwright and an essayist and a researcher and a technologist. You joined a year and a half ago mm -hmm. and you're head of programming. So who are you and why did you choose New Inc.? Like what excited you about the space and why'd you sign up? I had a lot of friends who had gone through the program. Mm -hmm. I knew folks who were involved in this. One of those things where the ecosystem is big enough that if you work in a creative field, you have creative friends, sooner or later, you're going to find out about New Inc., particularly in New York, although the footprint is spreading. It's coming for you. It's coming your way. Mm -hmm. But for me, you know, I had heard a lot about it. I had a couple of friends who were in the program at the time who were like, hey, they, they posted a job. Like, mm. you want a job, right? And I was like, well, I want a job. I had been working in design strategy and design consulting. So I was delivering a lot of curriculum for lots of audiences. Some of them were designers. Some of them were clients. Um, sometimes we called it curriculum. Sometimes we gave it other kind of design-centric names because yeah. that's the industry. And I enjoyed doing that, but I didn't enjoy the leaving part. Mm. Okay, cool. We've put together something. We hope you learn something. See you later. Yeah. I wanted the kind of longevity. I wanted higher touch. I wanted to see impacts. Yeah, that like investment over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was missing for me. And, you know, being in a corporate environment just didn't, didn't suit me as a human being. So I was eager to kind of take the education focus and the creative industry focus elsewhere, but didn't really know mm. where to go. And New Inc. just popped up. We were a match made in heaven. And can you tell me about those first days, weeks, months? Like what were your early projects and the early kind of task that you had at New Inc.? For New Inc., programming means a few different things. But for me and my big interest area, it's education-related stuff. And at New Inc., education looks like professional development. So it was a lot of learning about what people needed, what they were curious about, what they wanted, how they liked to learn, their learning styles, their appetites for growth. And uh, it was a really overwhelming, you know, introductory period because 
the environment is so different. We're a teeny team. Everyone is multi-talented and does a ton to make New Inc. operate, which is just a, a harrowing. It's almost like we're incubating ourselves as a project as we incubate these other 80 or so projects. Mm, inception. Oh, yeah. Oh, the mirror <laughs> is refracting and refracting. <laughs> and so the introductory period, I sort of took a look around and said, I'm going to spend five or six months experimenting, seeing what people like, what kinds of content and formats for delivery people like. What is the personality of this place? What is the personality of our program? And I will tighten it up and deliver it in a formal way in our sixth year of operation, which kicked off in September. Mm. So we're a little more than halfway through our sixth year and it's been going really well. The experiments have been working. Tell me about, first off, who's in the space? Because you started out with like one big blob of like inter, like multidisciplinary people. Mm -hmm. And now I know you have like different like sort of cohorts of types of people you bring in. Yeah. So tell us about like exactly who's in the space. And then I want to ask you like some of the things that you came up with to help those people get where they wanted to go. Cool. So in our space this year, we have six focus tracks and that's kind of a, a shorthand for us in order to create micro communities within the broader community, because as much as we might all want to, nobody has a hundred friends, you know, not a hundred close friends or peers or collaborators. And so within- Speak for yourself, Kelsa. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're working on it. It's just head bow, sad head bow. Okay. The head hits the microphone, cluck, forehead to mic. <laughs> Uh, so within each of those focus tracks, there are between 11 and 25 people. Our biggest, I think, has about 25 people. And they're all kind of focused. They're marching to the beat of the same drum. So for instance, one of those tracks is called Creative Experiments. It's supported by the Simons Foundation Science Sandbox Project and is all about people who are taking scientific ideas, making them accessible to the general public through research and through art. So really diverse camp within that track, but they have have ways to come together and get to know each other and collaborate and share their work in front of different audiences that has built a kind of a sense of shared purpose and belonging. Oh, interesting. How did you decide on these different tracks? The focuses, the foci? The yeah, foci. yeah. I mean, a lot of them are just a response to the, the types of people who want to be a part of our space. Yeah. In a few cases, it's a code that we've cracked in partnership with other groups like Simon's mm -hmm. or another of our tracks, we partner with Nokia Bell Labs. So they're really interested in bringing artists into the labs to experiment with communications technology. That's, you know, something that fortunately a lot of artists really want to get their hands dirty with communication technology. Yeah. So we had a lot of interest in that, that track as well. And it sounds like it's more, as you said, they're marching like to the same beat as in there's, there's a purpose to it. It's not just like you are a artist or like social justice warrior. Mm -hmm. It is like you are this type of person who cares about this particular mission right now, like mm -hmm. you're as in creative experimentation, which yeah. there's like a, there's a momentum to that. That isn't just like classification of person. You are in this vertical track within New Inc. It's less like a degree program in a school and more like a group of people who have a collective bond. Yeah. 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 It almost sounds like more project-based than mm -hmm. like you are an engineer and right. hang out with the engineers. Right, mm -hmm. right. So Kevin and I came up with this extremely fun metaphor <laughs> the other day uh -oh. and that I want to try out on you. Here we go. We were, <laughs> do I need to tell this full story? I don't know. So I'm going to take the, take the mic and go here. We were at Sweetgreen and they did not put salad dressing in our salad. And we were looking at this beautifully compartmentalized bowl of vegetables and 
thinking about how those ingredients are like a community, but the salad dressing is like how the organizer injects things to like make it all work together. (laughs) (laughs) The bonding element, Mm -hmm. the like flavor, the personality. (laughs) And so just what are some of the things that you have done to pour salad dressing on New Lab? Because you've got all these people that are like different (laughs) ingredients. Some might be vegetables, some might be nuts. We've got some, whatever. I thought it was like the salad wasn't mixed. And then like, it's just different when you mix it all up with dressing. It just like, there's a certain alchemy that makes it even more delicious. Mm -hmm. And as a, you know, community leader or organizer, like how are you mixing and building that salad from these separate delicious ingredients of people? I'm just, I'm picturing myself as like a Greek god with a giant salad bowl and all of the faces of the You got the big spoon and the big fork. Here we go. I'm going to mix it up. my tongs. Okay. (laughs) Well, so there's a few, there's a few kind of layers to the answer. I think one of them is in recruitment and figuring out what is the culture of the space that we want to build? Because, you know, a lot of folks do come into the program knowing each other, but the vast majority of them don't. They meet through the program. And it's up to us to say, we think this is going to work. You know, we're going to take a bet on you, on your work, whatever it is. And miraculously and unsurprisingly, it's turned our cohort of people into a really diverse and multi-talented crew. And, you know, I think in terms of what our binding agents are, it's, it's the ways that we come together and the platforms that we provide to allow people to come together on their own. And so in terms of what we do, like our kind of intervention, me with the, the fork and the spoon, <laughs> some of it is super casual. We have parties. We have beers and seltzers and snacks every Wednesday. We have people who come in and speak on fascinating topics. Mm-hmm. And the bulk of the programming that I do is interactive. Mm-hmm. So when you show up, you can't show up with your headphones and your laptop on your lap or, you know, you won't get anything out of it and everyone's going to give you the side eye. It's really, it's meant to be a moment to share. In some cases, take the mic. In some cases, stand on your chair and espouse Mm. your opinion and other ways to kind of come together and ask for feedback. Mm. A lot of our our program, particularly when it comes to divulging your identity and talking about yourself out in the world, is quite vulnerable. There's a lot of kind of moments to say like, wow, I'm really struggling with this thing or I can't manage to get funding for this one project. What am I doing wrong? Or, you know, my website sucks. I don't like this part of it. How do all of yours look? So there's just a lot of kind of different elements of what, you know, the the kind of recipe for the type of growth we like to see in people, which is described as from creative practice to creative entrepreneurship Mm. that lends itself to that kind of salad dressing moment, to that ability to lean into vulnerability and to self-identify as wanting growth, wanting change, wanting Mm. help. And once you do that in a room of people enough times, it becomes really easy to ask someone to get lunch or to ask someone to put on a concert with you in our event space in the back or, you know, to collaborate on a video game or whatever it is that our community is up to. Just to ask, like, a, I like to ask the dumb, dumb questions around here. No dumb questions. I know. But <laughs> like the, the sort of like, oh, this seems simple, but maybe it's not. Like, why do you want people to be vulnerable? Mm. And why do you make those experiences interactive? It's us going to bat with what Silicon Valley has co-opted as a way of growing and learning and sharing, which is basically just making yourself look or be ready to be profitable. We're pretty anti the traditional incubator model and think the fact that we're called an incubator is is in itself contentious because our approach is really different. We incubate in the sense that we're, we're there to heat people up and, you know, prime them for the future, but we want the future to be their future, not somebody else's. 
saw a quote about this idea that maybe the goal is not to scale fast for this cohort of people. And if that's not the goal, then how do we treat them differently? How do we like help them in different ways mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. just trying to like maximize their numbers yeah. and their output? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a better word than incubator now. Right. Are you a greenhouse? <laughs> <laughs> we love the uh, metaphors. Like, you know, There's like more stretching. of like a nurturing. It's like you grow how you want to grow, you know? And if I, I can't give you too much water, if you you can't stop that up right now if it's not the right time. That's right. Stop when you best. want to stop. Exactly. Stop, stop when you stop want to stop. Stop at your own pace. Stop or stop, you know? <laughs> I want to go back to something you mentioned as part of the uh, the salad dressing of newing, mm-hmm. which is the way that you select people. Can you just talk about some of the principles and processes you use to find people that you think will make a good mix at newing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, vetting vetting is human. It's real. It's it's important. So every year we launch an open call. Ours goes live on March 4th. Three, four. (laughs) Three, four, 2020. Coming up. And more significantly ends on April 20th. During that period of time, much like any other parallel program or academic program, people fill out an application. It's actually a pretty low, depending on whether or not you've had to tell your story before or put yourself in a few slides before. It's a pretty low lift deck that we ask people to create as part of the application. And then beyond that, we get into the really juicy stuff. And I would say the differentiating component, there are two. One, every single application is reviewed by multiple people who are both part of the staff and outside of the staff. So we get a fair range of eyes on everybody's application. And two, if you make the cut, which means you score at a certain level, every single person who enters the program is interviewed first. And it takes an enormous amount of time and an enormous amount of effort for a lot of different folks, but it's so worth it. Why are the interviews worth it? What do you learn? Yeah, the interviews are worth it because you can get a sense of somebody's authenticity, their commitment to the work, and how many different things they have going on in life Mm. in person, much more than you can from, you know, the project that they think would be really, really cool to submit for New Inc. And it brings me to another point, which is a revelation, kind of pivot in the way we started talking about incubation a little over a year ago, maybe a little longer, give or take, which is not that we're here to incubate projects. Like we're not just here to incubate your next startup idea or your next installation piece or whatever. We're here for the people. Projects are going to come and go. The businesses are going to, you know, start and flourish and fade or whatever. But the people who come into the program are, they're their own people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've seen collaborations break down. We've seen people move coasts and yet individuals still get a lot out of our program. Yeah. So if we can get a sense of what somebody might propose to us, uh, you know, an education platform that they're building online, but their year goes haywire. They accept a teaching gig and, you know, a bunch of freelance work and they don't end up having any time to work on their cool idea. We're still there for them. That's okay. They can still get a lot out of the program. Yeah. How important is the space? We toss around the idea of, you know, a community leader fellowship. And we think about like, what does it mean to accelerate people who get people together? And then we think about what it means to have a space and do that and have that sort of gathering area and how important or not is it? How important is the space to what New Inc. is? It's pretty central. I think the value that it adds to different people is variable depending on what they do. Because we're a workspace, we have some fabrication equipment and we have a little area for events. Mm -hmm. So there is quite a lot you can do. But, you know, if you're doing a lot of like volumetric scans for VR work, space is probably not going to have everything that you need built in and you're going to have to clean up every time you set up your work. So, you know, for certain people, they're not in the space every day and yet they still get a lot out of the program. They 
still have collaborators, partners, mentors who are associated with the program who might be there every day, even though they aren't. It just depends on the person. I would say in our workspace, we're half full to all the way full any given day. And then, you know, there are periods of time during the holidays where there's a slump, but for those two or three people who need to hustle 24 hours a day for for a crunch, they have a home to come to and, and it matters to them no matter how full it is or how vibrant it is. So it's, it's, it's a variable answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think the pieces that might be important is you guys are on the Bowery in New York City, mm-hmm. directly adjacent to the museum or like mm-hmm. in the museum in some way right now. And I think that having um, that association is probably quite powerful to the people that sign up, right? Yeah. I'm sure like they're one of the central personalities must be like artistically interested and curious. And you guys are able to make like a very potent statement about that in part because of the building you're in. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, because both of our founders are are directors at the museum and a lot of our mentors have really senior roles at the museum. So there's just a lot of opportunity and a lot of crossover that happens between individuals. The kind of human capital of the museum is a huge value for people who participate in the program. In addition to being plugged into its network, its exhibitions, you know, in in whatever way that people want to show up at openings and show up at programs. They're members of the museum as as members of our program. So it can become a really big part of their lives if they wanted to. So what does the staff, like the team that you're on that Mm -hmm. supports New Inc. look like right now? And Mm -hmm. can you maybe just do a quick explainer of like how you guys split your focus? Totally. Operations. So we have a director who's fabulous. She runs everything. She supports the team. She seeks opportunities for us to partner with other groups. Groups. We have a director of strategic operations who handles a lot having to do with membership and having to do with kind of all our, our financial health and the operations of our space. Anything that we produce, any large scale events, that's that's her purview. We have a director of community who tag teams a lot with our strategic operations director and is really there to be a sounding board for people, resolve conflicts and hear people out when they're going through any sort of change. Like very hands-on in the space kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. She also runs our mentorship program. Oh, great. Yeah. Super robust program. We have 150 mentors actively in the program right now, which is more than one-to-one with our member community. They're the finest creative and business minds in New York City, and they span all sorts of different industries. We have a lot of legal folks. We have entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, designers, creative directors, curators, people who've had their own businesses, artists, just kind of keeps, list keeps going on and on. So there's three different forms that mentorship is formalized. At New Inc., one of them is a dedicated mentorship program. So every single team at New Inc. has one mentor that is theirs. Okay. They get to determine amongst themselves how they want to come together, how frequently, what they want to do. For some people, that might mean meeting once a quarter. For some people, it means meeting once a week. Wow. It just depends on the personality of the member and the mentor. Another form of mentorship is mentors and residents. So I talked about the focus tracks earlier. Each of those six focus tracks has a dedicated, a mentor who is dedicated to the group of people. And they'll do things like my programming, they'll bring in guest speakers or take people on field trips or, you know, have dinners or happy hours. 
and crits, things like that. And finally, every week we bring in between, gosh, it feels like a thousand, but more like between three and six office hours mentors. Wow. Who will hold space for a given amount of time. People can sign up for slots. They're very hot. People love signing up for their slots. Wow. And um, they'll have 30 minutes to basically address a specific problem. That's a super robust mentorship program. Mm -hmm. How did you guys get to that point? We leaned really hard into mentorship in our third year, I would say. And it came through two things. I mean, the staff was fielding a lot of the kinds of problems and questions and things that people were having. And it became something that needed to scale up and people with more niche areas of expertise needed to be brought in to deal with, you know, specific issues. But these mentors, they really want to be there. I mean, we say, just like we do for our our member community, we launch an open call for mentors every summer. Hmm. Keep your eye out. Cool. And it's amazing. We We typically get more interest than we're able to sustain with mentors. People want to be involved. So that's amazing. You do an open call for mentorship. Mm -hmm. That piece is rad too. I feel like going back to the very first question, just think what's so radical about New Inc. is that it's like a museum, an elevated cultural institution opening its doors and Mm -hmm. sort of like co-creating with the city. And I think for having like something like a mentorship program to also be open is such a rad Brad Pease. Well, it makes sense to me because I I feel like part of the reason we run people in company is this sneaking suspicion that organizations have an opportunity to collaborate with more people than they really do. More people in a deeper way than they do. Yeah. If you take, I'll pick on any institution. I don't know what the MoMA is up to. Another <laughs> one, but it's just like, I just believe that super fans of you know that institution would be willing to jump in and do a little bit more and, and contribute and not just to like give back, but they would be excited to have that opportunity and you know from what I'm hearing about New Inc without putting that opportunity out there in some sort of open call you do it and you enable people to raise their hands yeah it is upping that level of collaboration and building this with others mm-hmm. before I want to close the loop on did we miss anybody on the team before we we did pin that yeah tell me about those people we have a head of research and tech he uh, does a lot in our space. He's sort of the, the person who troubleshoots anything that might go wrong in the space. He runs our fabrication lab. So he's, you know, has a lot of equipment going, helps to train people on 3D printers, vinyl cutters, that sort of thing. And we have me. Yes. Head yes. of programs. We have a program coordinator. Okay. Who is sort of our, our on the ground support for absolutely everything. She does everything. She's amazing. Can do it all. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. Probably Kevin though. <laughs> so that's the shape of the team. It's, it's it's five. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. One final piece I want to ask you about is I know you guys also have now alumni. Yes. So there's on the website, the last summer I saw was like 375 people-ish that Ooh, are alumni. alumni hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What insights do you have from that program? Like, do people want to stay engaged? What opportunities do you give them to do so? What are you guys doing with the alumni? Yeah. The alumni, I think at this point it might be over 400. Oh, wow. Yeah. That stat might be a little old. They do. And a lot of our alum, when they remain local and they remain super interested, they'll become mentors in the program. So there's a a lot of overlap there. And we're, you know, we're constantly looking for ways to kind of formalize a commitment for alumni. We haven't really gotten to it yet. It's something that's in the works for us, but it definitely brings, there's kind of like an immediate sense of community when we have something that we want from our alum, our alum have something that they want from us. Yeah. I took our museum technology track on a field trip to a creative design studio that's run by one of our alum Mm. earlier in the cycle. And, you know, typically getting a studio like that to open its doors and talk about their work for an hour to 11 strangers would be pretty tall ask. But 
we have such strong relationships and there's such a strong understanding of, I know why I'm doing this. I know how I can be helpful to this group of creative folks. I'm going to open my doors. There's a sense of trust and willingness to, to jump in and help that yeah. I've seen from our alumni community that is pretty rare, pretty special. Can I ask a, just a big picture question? Yes. If you had to summarize like the purpose of the New Inc. community, like you bring together who so that you can, why? Like what, how would you, yeah, how would you play that? back to me. Yeah, I would say kind of in a, a long in a run-on sentence. Yeah, please. <laughs> we bring together people who work at the intersection of art design and technology in order to A, provide a home and a lot of benefits to them in their practice and B, to help them level up from creative practice to creative entrepreneurship. Mm. Ooh, creative practice to creative entrepreneurship. What has been a moment that has really like tugged at your heartstrings, like made you proud of your work, Uh, whether it's something that someone's been able to accomplish or like a tiny little moment that you saw or you had with someone else? For me, I think the answer to that is when I learn about a dimension of a person or a dimension of their work that totally floors me and catches me off guard. So there's a a couple of guys who are working out of New Ink this year who have kind of a multivariate practice where they work in tech, they work in activism. And one of them for Black History Month is on a hunger strike in Times Square. Wow. Outdoors all month. Wow. Wow. And, you know, I'll hit them up and say like, hey, you coming to this thing? Like, oh yeah, you know, not, not this month. Wow. Wild. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to finish by asking, you know, if I could wave a magic wand and you could ask for anything to kind of support the New Ink community and to aid y'all in the work you're doing, what would you ask for? It's funny. I'm trying to think, what would the members say? And there's one who would say beer on tap, but like a magic wand? Magic. Yeah, magic wand. Mad magic. I think our mad magic wand is that we could have a, a beautiful retreat center in the woods that we could go to anytime we want yes. that, you know, had the right amount of Zen and the right amount of quiet time to give people peace and space to restore, but could also be a place for people to, you know, crunch out a bunch of work in the solace of nature. I'm thinking of like the strange decelerator. I don't know if you all know no. that one. Will is that? I love that name though. It's, it's a anti-accelerator program that's mm. run by a friend of our program. Mm. We need one of those. That's yeah. ours. I'm imagining like a Chronicles of Narnia wardrobes that you walk in and then all of a sudden you're in like forest home. Yeah, especially yeah. If, if the 87 had nothing to do with getting to this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deep cut. All right. <laughs> cool. We're talking magic wands. So yes, yes, we are. Yes. yes. You yes. open a door at the back of New Ink and suddenly you're <laughs> in the Western Catskills. Yes. Yep. That's the most creative answer we've had. It looks like a phone For booth. sure. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. I'm taking a conference call. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Kelsa. Thank you for your time. Thank you. We appreciate you. What a pleasure. Thank you so much. If you want to get involved with the New Ink program, whether applying to be a member or applying to be a mentor, you can find all that information at newink.org. N-E-W-I-N-C dot org. They also have that handle on the socials at New Ink. Hey, Bailey, if you were to start an incubator for something, what would you be incubating? Fish. No. <laughs> I like weirdly have my brand new baby goldfish with us yes, here today. Yes, there are three, and, uh, three co-hosts today. The sad news <laughs> is that I one I had a beta fish and it died yesterday, so I just yes. got a new one. So basically I am incubating Wonderful. pet fish. I'm sure. embarrassed by that. Yes, that's mine, Kevin. Wonderful. What, tell me what you've got. Uh, amateur cooking. Oh, really? I, I don't know. I think, How do you incubate? 
appreciate amateurism. That's a, that's <laughs> well, I think that's part of the edge of it. You know, often you think about incubators as edge, a, like, oh, edge. you got to be the best of the best. And maybe there's just an incubation for like, yo, I'm trying to go from just like five Keep to the six. Vibe right. You know, five, out of, vibe ten, five right. out of ten to six out of ten. Like, just take me there. Yeah. Incubating for joy. Learn me some knife skills and I, I'll get there. I'm talking, I just, this is just what I want. I love that. I think you can start that YouTube I channel. I think I might be a six and not a five out of ten. I think you're like an eight and you're just like totally underselling yourself. Yeah, I think you're a 12 out of 10. Hey, if you want to find out more about us, people and company, you can visit our website, peopleand.company. You can learn about the sprints, the labs, the coaching we do with different organizations to help them get their people together. Also, if you want to check out our book, Get Together, you can go find that on the internet. Uh, On Amazon, just search Get Together or go to gettogetherbook.com. It's a handbook. It's, it's a to handbook. help you build your community. It's a handbook to help you build your community filled with stories and interviews and learnings with people like Kelsa. Okay. Final thing. We always like to just say, if you enjoyed the podcast, any reviews or subscriptions, clicking that subscribe <laughs> button. Yes, please. It's very meaningful. It really helps other people find the podcast yes. and we appreciate it. So My heart flutters with every subscription. Though Brian, I don't... our cameraman, have you reviewed the podcast? <laughs> no, I'm gonna he's going to uh-huh. do it. Though. He there says it he's going to do it. You know, chapter two, do something together. All right. Enough. <laughs> begging. It doesn't look good. It's not a good look. We're signing off. All right. See ya. Take care.